Welcome to the show, everybody. I decided to do a podcast tonight, had some downtime, and thought I would get one in here for you. Um, recently, I had I have a, a Facebook site. It's in the dark on Facebook, and it's growing. Every day, I've got more and more followers uh, joining the site, and there was a woman that came on, and she was asking about the phenomena of the black-eyed children, and this has always been something that has just been completely fascinated me as well. Um, it's almost like when you hear about these encounters and you hear the descriptions of these kids, the eye color that they have, they have complete black eyes. They're not, there's no color, you know, there's no pupil, there's no iris, there's nothing. It, it's just complete black eyes. And it, you know, if you look at the, descriptions of the grays, of the alien grays, their eyes are black-eyed as well. They're just completely black and almond-shaped, much like these kids are. And there has been so much talk of aliens abducting people and encounters where people have been taken up into these ships and woken up on operating tables with everything around them being complete white, bright white light, and they've got these almost like alien doctors standing over them, dissecting them and experimenting on them and shoving tubes up their nose and down their throat and, you know, opening up areas of their body where they could see even organs being carried out of them and then, you know, put back in and, you know, crazy operations that are going on, having people beside them, hearing them screaming, but... It's almost like it's like this soundless room that they're in. And these, these you know, entities have, they're black-eyed. They have black eyes. Um, many have claimed to have been returned and have um, been impregnated, that they suddenly have, you know, a baby inside of them that there's no way they could be pregnant. And they give birth to these children, what they look like. Nobody knows that. I mean, not that I know of, I'm not aware of, you know, the specific cases yet. Um, I'll have to do some more research into this. Um, but a lot of people come back and they say they have this, um, they find through their skin or they've had tests done like x-rays done. And there's this little chip that's implanted into them. And many people have had, situations where like aliens continuously follow them all through life like they're being tracked like they've got a tracker on them and it just you know why you know what are they being tracked for what's what are they being studied for and, and then there's these people like there's a girl that lives down in one of the carolinas either north or south and she's been having encounters ever since she was like a baby her whole entire life. And these entities that live around her, everywhere she moves, they show up again. And most people don't even see one encounter their whole life, you know. But this woman is literally being followed by these entities. There's dogmen, Sasquatch. She's seen cat people. She said she's seen many, many, many different entities in the woods. She always lives in a backcountry road area because she likes to be away from people. And she said that her entire life, she just, she'll look out. And no matter where she moves, eventually they show up. Now, if your mind puts together that, 
you know, these Sasquatch and dogmen are, are, are interdimensional, that they can travel between in portals, that there have been sightings of, you know, these entities manning spacecraft. <laughs> I know this stuff sounds nuts, guys. Listen, I mean, I know it does, but the more you get into these stories and these encounters and the more you understand and hear the credibility of these people that are telling these stories. You know, I've said this in many of my podcasts that these are not your average Joe Schmo on the street. These are firefighters, military men, prison guards, school teachers, police officers, doctors, lawyers, you know, people that have got credibility. They've got status in society and when they speak, they're not going to put their reputation on the line to make a mockery of themselves or to be belittled by society. So, you know, when they say stuff like this, you know that there's got to be something to it if they're willing to actually, in a sense, be laughed at, you know. So this woman, she lives in these areas where these entities keep showing up. And these dogmen and Sasquatch and so forth. And she said that they've been around her her whole life. That leads you into feeling like she could potentially be one of the alien children. You know, like, why would they show up with her constantly and never harm her? Never harm her family. Be playful with her. Protect her. You know, why would they do that with her? And the only, I mean, as she's talking and, and she's telling these stories, I'm like, you know, the, the empath side of me and the psychic side of me is like feeling like, my God, she's she's one of them. She's part of it. And she doesn't even understand that. Somewhere along her line, there had to have been somebody that was connected to them in some way, if not her. So it just... It goes back into these black-eyed children, as I was saying, that, you know, to me, when I hear these stories, I feel like these children are part alien. They're the, they're the children that are being born of mothers, you know, that are brought back and they say they're impregnated and they couldn't possibly be pregnant and they've been abducted. And they've talked and told stories. And, you know, after a while, most people just stop talking. They just don't even want to tell their stories because people just don't believe them, you know. But we've gotten to a point now in society where there's been so many sightings, so many abductions, so many encounters that even disappearances, the whole, again, the missing 411 phenomena, the, the cases of just thousands upon thousands, tens of thousands of people that go missing all across the world in the wilderness, you know, and then you go into the, the story with Eisenhower and the deal he made with the, the, um, boy, I wish I could remember that guy's name. I, I knew it. I'm going to have to look it up again. The, the name of the alien that supposedly, you know, touched down and asked if they could abduct so many, you know, how many hundreds of people a year in exchange for their their technology. And it was agreed upon, supposedly. Now, I don't have proof of this, but, you know, this has been verified by people that are 
people that have credentials. So it just, with the black eyed children phenomena, it makes me feel like one of two things. I'm feeling that they are either part alien or there's a possibility that they're part vampire or they are vampires. That's the other thing about this that, I mean, it could be demonic as well. They could just be straight up demon children, you know, that are actually demons and they're disguised as children, but they have almost like a vampiric quality to them. And there was a man that was an actual, he worked with the government. He was an agent. He was a military agent and he worked with the government and he said straight up that there really are vampires, that they do exist that basically every creature that we hear about, that we talk about, that's being talked about, that's being seen, the encounters that people are having is all true. It's all real. That the government covers it up for whatever reason. You know what I believe with this. I believe that it's because I feel that Lucifer runs the show, as is biblical, and that these are his boys. This is his team, and they're protecting their own. That's what I truly believe is happening here. And so, it, it, like I said, this it goes into this uh, black-eyed children phenomenon, as I was saying. Um, the woman was asking, you know, you know, if we could have some stuff out on that. Um, there's a lot of encounters with black-eyed children. And there's, and I don't know if you know this, there are also white-eyed children. There are not just black-eyed children. There are also white-eyed children. These are the same type of children that look identical to the black-eyed children. They act identical to the black-eyed children, only their eyes are glowing white. They glow. They literally emit like a, almost like an angelic glow. And there again, if you go into demons... You go into fallen angels, which, you know, hence they became demons. Some of them did. Others, you know, there's just like a whole, there's a lot of different, you know, um, groups within groups here. But they all basically, you know, go into the same thing. Fallen angels, you know, fell, reproduced, giants, you know, Nephilim, um, demons being, you know, created by Satan himself, Fallen angels doing experiments, you know, creating creatures of nightmare. It's all the same. It's all the same source. And these white-eyed children, um, they just, you know, you think about the angels and the way they admit light. You know, Lucifer was the angel of light. Um, there was a person that had seen Lucifer. They had had a near-death experience, and they had gone to hell um, sometimes I don't read the actual entire story. I just tell you about the story. I hope you don't mind. It's kind of a shortcut to kind of get to the point, but, um, they had had a near death experience and they had, they had gone to hell. And when they got there, they said that it was just demons everywhere, skeletons everywhere, um, creatures that were just running around wreaking havoc, torturing you know, people screaming, um, people that were famous musicians and such, like every time their music was played in on earth, that in hell they were tortured 
like harder, you know, they were tortured more because their music was being played on earth again, which was casting spells on people and, and affecting them, affecting their souls. And the demons were down there mocking them and, you know, torturing them, you know, you know, just it's giving them excuse to torture them more, um, laughing at how, you know, they were tricked by the devil and the demons and how, you know, they should have followed God, but they chose not to. And here they are basically play toys of theirs, you know, that they're stuck there and, and so on and so forth. And they said that, um, when they got down there, they said it was just, it was just like the hell itself was, the floor was like, you know, just like coals. It was like red, bright red coals. And there were just skeletons and people being tortured everywhere. And Satan, they saw, they said they saw this angel that was walking among them. Like it was his, his like, you know, dynasty or his empire. And they said he was absolutely stunning. He was just beautiful. He was just light, bright blue eyes, bright blonde hair. <clears throat> that was a little long, high forehead, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful being. And they knew, you know, in their heart because of the realm, they were in the telepathic communications and you just, you just know things there. There's like, you have a thought or a question and it just comes to you. And they said they knew that it was Lucifer that walked there. So these white eyed children, um, when they emit this white light, you know, we don't know if, we don't know how much Lucifer has reproduced. I'm sure he has reproduced. I'm sure of it many, many times. There was a, there was a story that was written. It was supposed to be a true account how Lucifer had actually has, had taken a wife and she was one of the um, demons that ruled the ocean. And, um, she was just, she, she basically was like, you know, something that had turned into one of the gods or how, you know, mankind had worshiped her for a long, 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 you know, periods of time. And he had just, he had taken her as a wife and many others and, you know, created many, um, children, which, you know, we go back to the Rothschilds and the, and these different elites that really, really, really are high at the top of the, of the chain down here. And, and, you know, you almost have to understand that these are his children, that these people are not just humans, that they're, there's no human being on the planet that could have that kind of power over other human beings unless something else is going on there. It, it just, it, it isn't possible. It shouldn't be possible. It just, when you think about it, you know, every fiber in your being knows that, that there's something else going on here. We have instincts here, guys. Like, we feel things like all these people that come out and say, you know, there's so many conspiracies and, you know, all oh, their conspiracy theorists and that type of stuff, you know, that all sounds great, but that's just a cop out. That's a way of, of just, you know, downplaying the fact that people are looking for the truth and they're all getting together and they're coming up with answers and the government doesn't like it. So they send out people to work in force to make sure that they're belittled and mocked and, you know, downplayed so that we don't ever really get to the bottom of things. And we don't ever truly have any understanding as to what's going on here. So I don't know. It's just, it's, it's just a big crazy stuff. I will be back here. I'm going to take a short break here and I will be back with you in a couple of moments here.
Hey guys, back again. Had to put a little brief mention in there for Anchor. Um, so getting back into these stories about the black and the white-eyed mm -hmm. children, um, there was a um, woman who was in her home. She was sleeping with her husband, and she said that um, she heard, it was around midnight, and she heard a knock at her door, and she thought it was really odd because nobody had ever just, you know, doesn't knock at her door in um, at midnight. And she said the thing that was really strange to her was that she had just been um, watching something on the black-eyed children. So she knew a little bit about them, but it didn't really occur to her. Like this wasn't something that, you know, she was thinking about while she was getting up to answer the door, but she still had that background of knowledge with it. So she got up and she walked over to the door and she said she looked out and she saw these two children standing at the door and they had their heads, heads down. And that's when it really kicked in for her that, oh my God, these are, these could be like black eyed children because she said she had this really weird feeling of dread and her dog that usually barks like crazy when somebody knocks at the door was literally over in a corner whimpering and she knew something was really, really wrong. So she looked out and she, she asked, you know, she just said, Hey, you know, can I help you? And she said, she actually opened the door a little crack, which I was like, Oh my God, why would you open up your door a crack? You know, Oh, don't open your door a crack. Okay. I don't care if they're kids that show up at your door. If you have two kids that show up at your door or one child that shows up at your door and their head is down and you can't see their face. I mean, there's kids that run around with guns and shoot people, guys. Like, come on. You don't answer your door to anybody. I don't care if it's a child or not. You know, I mean, if they need help, you call for them and you have them stay out there or call the police and have them come and help the children. You know, it just, it doesn't make sense why people aren't calling the police more and saying, hey, you know, can you help me with this situation here? Um, anyway, so she said that um, the uh, the children were holding their heads down and she was like, you know, cracking the door saying, you know, can I help you? And they were like, you know, just really strangely telling her that they needed to call their mom. And she was like, okay, what kids would be out running around at midnight right now? And she just instinctively knew something was really wrong. And she said they both, uh, she said that, you know, she asked them, you know, what, you know, that she said that, you know, don't you have a cell phone? And they were both like, no. And then they looked up at her and she said, and she saw the black eyes and it just, she just about flipped, you know? So she said, she said she definitely wasn't opening up the door, had her foot there. Thank God her husband was sleeping because he wouldn't have believed in any of it. And he probably would have just, you know, opened up the door and let him in. So, um, so she just, she continued to deal with it. And she said that, you know, they kept continuously asking her if they could call their mom. And she said, no, how about if I call for you? And they said, um, and then they suddenly changed it and said, they, she said they looked at each other like in unison and looked back up at her and said, you know, my sister needs to use the bathroom. And she was like, listen, I'm not letting you in my house. And she started to shut the door and they, they tried to stop her from shutting the door, but she finally got it shut. And she said, and she just kind of like, you know, stood there, like giving herself a moment to recover herself. And she looked back out and they were completely gone. She said, you didn't hear them leaving. They were just gone. And she was, you know, just shocked. I mean, she was in an apartment building. So, and her dog was just continuously just sitting over there whimpering. 
Um, there was another story where a girl was in a car and she said she was just sitting there waiting for her mother. Her mother was in this store and she was in this car and the car was locked and this child walked up to her car and started demanding that she let um, she let, you know, the child in and she was like, no, I'm not letting you in. You know, it's like, no way. And she said the child looked up at her and the child had these bright white eyes that were just like glowing and it was like almost hypnotic. And she said that suddenly she started feeling like everything in her wanted to open up her door, but she didn't. She said she just, she just withstood it. And then the child actually went into the store and started demanding that her mother give her the key, give the child the che the keys to the car. And the mother was like, absolutely not. And I guess it, the child got really angry and it fled. And then the mother came out and got in the car and told her daughter, you know, they both exchanged stories and were just shocked. They just, they couldn't believe it. But these, these children, there's something about them wanting in that they can't get in unless you invite them in which goes back to the vampire stories that they can't get in unless you invite them this is so strange that you know we're brought up with all these legends and we have all this knowledge that we don't realize we have like like it's there the the knowledge and the information is there if we could just wade through all of this and see that we're actually being told what's going on by our movies and the legends and the stories that we're being told, but it's being, it's being downplayed so that we don't really believe it. So that when it happens, we really, we don't really, I mean, our minds go back to thinking on, oh my God, you know, did I just see a werewolf? You know, how can that be? That's not real. Werewolves aren't real. But yet you're standing right there looking at one. Just countless encounters of this stuff. It's happening. It's real. And this stuff that we're learning, or we have learned about these legends on how to kill them, how to take them out, there might be something to that. The silver bullet with the werewolf. What's up with the silver? Silver was supposedly used back in Jesus's time. Silver was what Judas Iscariot traded Jesus's life for. You know, is there a connection there? Is there a connection to silver? The purity of what they call silver, you know, and being possibly being able to kill a werewolf with it. Do silver bullets work? You know, I, I for one, plan on buying some silver bullets. You know, I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to keep a few on hand. You know, white ash is supposed to kill wendigos. And I think actually possibly skinwalkers too. But there's just, there's a lot more to this stuff. And we have to really open up our eyes here. And understand that, you know, we're living in a really crazy realm. This is not a joke. We have to protect ourselves. We have to educate ourselves. We have to keep listening to these stories. We have to. Educate yourself, guys. Open up your mind. 
Allow the thoughts in that this stuff could be happening, that it could be real. Don't go looking for it because that's just, it's insane to do that. You know, but just, you know, always remember Jesus's name when you're out there somewhere and anything happens to you, start calling on the Lord, whether you're religious or not, or a Christian or not, or whatever, you know, faith you follow, even if it's nothing, just remember that because it works. So many people have said they've encountered things and they called on the Lord and they were the, the whatever was after them disappeared. Just remember that so many times people have said they've woken up in their bedroom at night seeing aliens standing in their bedroom and as soon as they as they started praying or calling on Jesus they disappeared. Otherwise they could have been abducted, never to be seen from again. So just remember this because it's really important. It could save your life. God said our, our, our tongue was a sword and he meant it as more than, you know, us cutting each other down. He meant it as it's a weapon against evil. So if we speak certain things, if we speak the name of Jesus, we can defeat these foes. Another story I wanted to tell you real quick before I sign off for the night. My daughter had an encounter. She was she and her boyfriend went to this ghost town. They went to this area that was literally deserted. It was a, it was a literal ghost town and they were just, you know, she loves to go exploring. She loves to, you know, just drive around and find crazy places to, you know, just, you know, go hiking or go exploring or whatever. She just loves to go for rides and get herself into all this stuff. And I've been telling her about all this stuff and she's had a lot of encounters, but she just hasn't quite gotten to the point yet where she really it's really sunk in that she could really be in danger when she does some of this stuff and it's very very worrisome for me because she's a little too adventuresome and she really needs to get an auto locator and carry a gun i think she does carry a gun now she has her permit and she does have a gun but she needs an auto locator because that is one thing david palady says that we have got to carry at all times both of them on us that he said that every time Somebody has both of them. They most of the time or all the time. He said he's never seen a case where anybody has ever gone missing that's had both. He's seen cases where they've had one or the other, but never both. And so she was out in this this uh, town and they were just having a great time. And all of a sudden some other kids came in and she they met some new friends and really enjoyed them and had some fun with them. And they were like skateboarding and just like, you know, climbing around these buildings, doing all this stuff. And the one kid actually climbed up on one of these roofs and he fell through and they were really worried. And she said, it started getting to be like a little dark out and started to get to be later. And they suddenly heard, um, this pack of wolves coming in like uh, coyotes or wolves. She wasn't really sure, you know, I don't think she really knew the difference between the yells or the sounds that coyotes or wolves made, but she said she could tell it was like a really good, you know, amount of dogs that were coming in or of canines. And it really kind of freaked him out. And she said she didn't feel that they could get back to the car in time for um, them to get out of there by the time these, these animals came through. So she said that um, the other kids at this point were just kind of picking up to go and they had just like left. They kind of walked off and it was really bizarre to her because like they just kind of like walked off and disappeared and she didn't, 
They didn't see them leave. They didn't hear a car. You know, they got these dogs coming in and these kids like came out of nowhere. You know, the one falls through a roof and he just picks himself up and he's fine. And then they go to leave and they're just gone. They just like basically apparated into nothingness. So she and her boyfriend, they basically, they, they got into this one building and they hold up in this building and they went up. She said they went up. Thank God. They went upstairs into this, this, um, old abandoned, you know, barn or building or whatever it was. And all of a sudden this pack came into this town and they were, they could see them like through slats and not all of them just kind of, you know, some of them, they could kind of get glimpses of stuff and they could hear them and they were kind of rummaging through. And she said at one point she heard them come into the building and it, they were just kind of going through it and they were, you know, going into this one stairway area but she said that this one, at one point, she heard this really strange growl, like something was really, really, really big. Like it was like this really deep, really odd growl. And it didn't make any sense to them that this growl was coming from a coyote or a wolf or anything. It was just too large. And she just, but she said she couldn't see like where it was coming from and they didn't even want to move. They were just sitting there just breathing really heavy and, you know, or not real heavy, but I mean, you know, just excited and trying to keep their breathing under control, but they're scared and their hearts pounding and didn't really know what to do. And she said, it just, it just emitted something that was just like this crazy sound. And all of a sudden they felt like the presence of it leave. Like it just, and then, and then the coyotes or the wolves like went with it. And she said, it just, she doesn't understand it because it, she said it just, it didn't sound like it, it couldn't have possibly have been a wolf or a coyote. It was something much, much larger. So when I started telling her stories about this stuff, she said, my God, mom, she said, I, I wonder if, you know, we actually had an encounter with like a dog man or a werewolf. And there have been a lot of reportings of dog men or werewolves. I'm not sure which, because dogmen actually have tails and werewolves don't. And the government actually calls them werewolves. It's, it's really strange, but they do. And she said that, um, she thought possibly that, that something was going on with there because she had, they had this feeling of just utter dread and this thing, the, the, the noises and the sounds and the breathing and everything that was coming from it, it wasn't normal. And, um, there has been many, many cases of these creatures actually running with coyotes. So I'm, I'm betting that it probably was a pack of coyotes that came in and there was a dog man with it. So it was a pretty crazy story, but I'm really glad that she, they, that they did get out of there. She said, as soon as they, these things left, um, it was like dark and they booked to their car and they got the heck out of Dodge. So I just, you know, I really hope she stops doing this exploring. I, I just really hope she, you know, <laughs> just understands that this stuff is, is real and that people disappear and there's some really crazy stuff going on. So anyway, I wanted to drop this podcast and I have some good news for you tomorrow night. Um, I was going to have it on tonight, but Maddie G is back tomorrow um, I'm going to get some more stories from him tomorrow, things that he's encountered. And then later on in the week, I have um, two more interviews. Chandler is back with Paul with a bunch of their stories. And then possibly, I think it's going to be Friday, I'm going to have Brett on, who's going to tell his stories. Or 
story encounter. So I got some exciting things this week, trying to do a podcast about every few days for you. So about twice a week. And if you hear some strange cackling in the background, it's my son who's upstairs playing video games and he sounds the maniacal laughter that comes from his room is, is uh, quite disturbing sometimes. So just, you know, hang in there with me. You guys have a wonderful night. Take care of yourself. Uh, be safe and God bless you all. Talk to you soon.